0: Recently, I got a question in my DMs on Instagram about advisory committees. I will admit that I don't know if I had an advisory committee until several years into teaching. Someone had told me at some point, like, yes, you are supposed to have an advisory committee but I really wasn't sure like what it looked like and really why I needed to have one. So today I thought I would give you the quick and dirty about advisory committees and why you need one as a CTE teacher. Maintaining or increasing enrollment. Staying on top of ever-changing content. Incorporating best teaching practices. These are just some of the challenges that we face as CTE teachers. Welcome to the On Your Prep podcast. My mission is to empower every career and technical educator to love going to work each day because they are teaching what they are passionate about, in addition to applying great teaching principles. The Carl D. Perkins Career and Technical Education Act of 2006 actually says that All CDE programs are required to have an advisory committee in order to receive federal funding. If you want to learn more about the actual Perkins legislation, then I'm going to have a link in the show notes so that you can check it out and find out more. But you do need to have an advisory committee for your program, and you are supposed to meet at least two times a year. Now you want to check with your state and your local LEA because they might have some more information because each state may vary but this is a federal funding source for CTE secondary and post-secondary programs so there's not a whole ton of wiggle room but like I mentioned before check with your state to make sure that you are meeting all of the criteria that they need you to meet so that you can get your money So now that you know the why behind having an advisory committee, what is the purpose of an advisory committee? Well, they are supposed to advise, assist, and advocate. And I liked those three because it was alliteration there. So easy to remember. So when it comes to advising, they can help you evaluate your program. They can help with some vertical alignment. Remember, this act, the Perkins Act, is for funding for secondary and post-secondary. So you'll want to think of your vertical alignment and how it will help your students transition from your program to another program, post-secondary, or from your program to the workforce. When it comes to assisting your program, they can help you find student internships, apprenticeships, job shadows, field trips. They can also help you with judging your CTSO competitions or help your students prepare for those CTSO competitions. So they are really there to assist you in preparing your students once again for the workforce. And then the final way is to advocate for your program and it's your program specifically. So you really want to have members on there who really are supportive of your program and what you are doing. They can also help you decide on equipment and training materials that you may need. And I've actually had several times where it's really been that recommendation from the advisory committee that has persuaded my CTE director to actually buy certain equipment for me. This is also a great way for you to increase your visibility within the community. So you'll have these stakeholders that will be able to really help talk up your program to other community members, parents, and other businesses, which is great for advocating for your CTE program. I do love my Google searches. And so right before I recorded this, I actually did a quick Google search on CTE advisory committees and several states have come up with handbooks for their states. And if there isn't one for your state, I looked at several of them and they're pretty much the same. So you can read through and get a lot more information on how to run a committee and maybe some other things that you want to think about. But the biggest question that I get is how do you actually find people to serve on that committee? I have found that the easiest place to find committee members is to look at people who are already vested in your program. Namely, your parents. Your parents might not actually work in the industry that you are teaching, but they could have some great resources and contacts for those industries. So don't be afraid of sending an email or at back to school night, your open house or parent teacher conferences to really ask people get to know them and find out what industry they're working in and maybe how they can be connected with others who might be able to help you. It is important for your committee to be sustainable. And so you do want them to put some skin in the game. They kind of want to stick around for a little bit. So there have been some schools that have actually done a term kind of serving. So you would serve for two to three years and it would kind of rotate and they'd let people know. So that's one idea to keep people In there for a long enough time that they're able to see your progress as a program. But let's get back to those who can serve. So remember, this is for secondary and post secondary. So another good place to look is your nearby community colleges or universities, specifically programs that your students directly feed into. If those universities or those colleges or any of those second post secondary programs have seen the quality of student that you are putting out, or if they're wanting to recruit more of your students, they're going to be more willing to serve on your committee. Not all of your members need to be from outside of the school. So think about key players in your school that could be great on this committee. So it could be a counselor. It could be an administrator. It could be possibly another teacher, another CTE teacher. It could be someone from the junior high or the middle school who feed into your program and then it could also be your students and your parents of your students because they are once again vested in what you are doing and what you are achieving. So the key takeaways from today's episode is you need an advisory committee so that you can get Perkins money and your advisory committee should be there to help advise you, assist you, and advocate for your program. And then think of some members who may not be directly connected with you, but could be connected through others who would be naturally vested in the success of your program and really utilize them to help make your program stronger. While having a CT advisory committee is something that you need to have in order to get that funding it does seem like just one more thing. And especially if you're teaching multiple preps, that's why I'm creating a mini course specifically for CTE teachers to help you plan and put together systems and routines that will make your life so much easier and your classes virtually run themselves so that you can enjoy teaching because you deserve it. You have these skills that you would love to share with students. And quite frankly, you could be doing a lot more things than teaching. You owe to yourself and to your students to love what you do and love your schedule. Be sure to sign up for the waitlist at com forward slash waitlist so that you will know when things are rolling out and what exciting things are going to be included. And this episode was based on a question that I received in a DM. So make sure that you meet up with me on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most. And that's where I answer questions in my DMs all the time. It's at Kristen Masick, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-A-S-S-I-C. Until next week.